Warning, this podcast involves discussions of a spooky and graphic nature not suitable for children or the faint of heart. Strong language and mature content is present. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. When you want to hear about the paranormal, you get the spooked girls. True crime that makes you hypothermal with the three spooked girls. Stabby snippets will give you dreams. Tara and Jessica will make you. Along with the spooked girls Bring on the slaughter We on that haunted ground The three spooked girls Hey there, spooksters, and welcome back to another Stabby Snippet here on Three Spooked Girls. I am one of your co-hosts, Jessica, and as always, I am joined by my better pod half and favorite ghoul friend, Tara. Hey, Spooksters. And today we're going to do something a little bit different. Normally we come at you with a case, but it's so close to Halloween, I kind of wanted to explore something a little bit different. I'm excited. I'm excited too. This is something totally different. I pitched this to Tara earlier and she was like, let's do it. So today we're going to be discussing why we like horror movies. Yay! So on December 5th is Krampus Day, and we're going to be hosting a hangout with us, a virtual, because we can't have an in-person one. And not that we could (laughs) because we live in different places, but we really just want to be able to get together with you, our listeners, and be able to hang out and just have fun. We're going to figure out how to play some games and some stuff and like have like a drink we can all hang out with and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. If you're interested in that, head over to all of our different places, but it's the Eventbrite link. And all you have to do, it's $5. I think it's going to be a really good time. Tara and I have been discussing in the background with the details of it. And I think it's going to turn out to be a really fun few hours of just hanging out. And of course, if you buy the ticket, you don't have to stay the whole time. You could pop in for a little bit. You could pop in for the whole thing. We will be there. We will figure it out. And it will be so much fun and more details of what's happening each week as they come. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to get down into this. And I wanted to start off with a quote because I feel extra douche today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So there is something. Oh, it's I was like there is something fuzzy at my feet. If you're a patron, you'll understand on Saturday, there's a hair clip that attacked me. <laughs> and that's what's attacking me now. So I'm going to put it back in my hair because. Yes. Hells yeah. Oh, look at you. Look at me. You, you guys can't see me, but like, know that it's beautiful. <laughs> you will find out on Saturday. <laughs> right. Which, by the way, this episode came from my research that I was doing for Saturday's patron episode. So there's still time if you want to become a patron and hear that episode. It is going to be amazing. Yes. Oh, my God. We talk about a lot of fun stuff. So if you definitely want to check it out and, and actually kind of see what I'm talking about, do that. So my quote is going to come from Arthur Conan Doyle, and that is, where there's no imagination, there is no horror. So this is the interactive part of my thing. Tara, why do you like scary movies or horror movies? I think being scared is just a lot of fun, and I'm not one to really like a lot of chick flick movies. You know that. They don't know that. 
I'm laughing because I'm so sorry. That's like, <laughs> Tara's like, you pick a movie. I'm like, hmm, Ride Wars. And she's like, fuck my life. No, it's fine. <laughs> and I just, I always find things to laugh at when I'm watching horror movies, like whether it's the bad acting or they fell again or they ran up to the attic. I don't know. I think it's funny and hilarious and I love it. It's true. It takes a really creative person to write horror of any kind, so I just really respect that, too, on the creator side of things. That's true. I like horror movies because I feel like, I don't know, I'm not going to try to give away my research that I did for later, but I really <laughs> do feel like a lot of times horror movies are a way to resolve things that we cannot resolve without actually facing them head on. And whether it's like the boogeyman under the bed or it's somebody abducting you or you getting sick and dying, there's a lot of things that we can face just by watching a movie because you can kind of go the emotional gambit of it. That And I do like to get scared. I feel like at a young age, um, which by the way, do you know that the average age of someone watching their first horror movie is 11? Oh, I was before the curve. Okay. <laughs> Myself as well. I had older like step siblings who were into horror movies. So I watched what they watched. And so I was scared. And I think little kids like don't know how to tell the difference between real and not real. Mm. And I think we were kind of in a generation where our parents also watch those type of things. I remember watching What Lies Beneath while babysitting. Because I asked the parents, is there any movies I can't watch? And they're like, any movie we have, the kid can watch. And I even pointed at that one. It was like this one. And they're like, yeah. I'm like, cool. I'm going to watch that and then be scared because I'm in somebody else's house. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, being able to have that experience of watching a movie that was wildly inappropriate for the year and a half old that I was watching really made me think like, okay, why do people like horror movies? And I think this is a question if asked objectively, looking at it from not liking horror movies, not have ever seen, like if you've never seen a horror movie and you're looking at it from a psychological point of view, why would somebody sit through someone dying? Like if you watch Friday the 13th, Jason like cracks spines against his knee or hacks people up with a machete. Michael Myers stabs people with knives. Freddy Krueger like fucks with you through your dreams. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's all these different things that really, if looked at objectively, we'd be like, we're kind of fucked up. Mm -hmm. But I think that there is some logic to this. What are the reasons? In 2012, researchers at the University of Osberg in Germany surveyed people to ask them why they watched horror movies or horror TV. And a lot of people responded because it's like I can live vicariously through the characters while not actually having to experience it. Hmm. It gives them a sense of excitement while they are safe from the actual danger themselves. Also, people like to go to movie theaters to watch horror movies because it's now becomes a community or shared experience where you and, you know, depending on how big your theater is, 100 people are being freaked out by the same thing happening on the state or on the screen. I think that's pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that we as a society feel the need to have this be a communal experience. I'm much more at ease watching a horror movie with Tara and my husband than watching it by myself. Given the opportunity, like if someone was like, you have to watch 12 straight hours of Barney or one horror movie by yourself, <laughs> I would be like, ooh, like what episodes of Barney? <laughs> like, are we talking Selena Gomez Barney or are we talking like really creepy older kids? 
Barney. I don't know. I was also just want to point out, I was a nursery worker. Like one of my first jobs I took, like worked at a church. So I've watched a lot of Barney. So <laughs> I, I don't know why I use that as an experience. It'd be Okay, worse. It'd be like 12 hours of Teletubby. Oh, God. Which is a horror movie in itself. <laughs> right? But, <laughs> but anyway. So there's also a study was done in 2010 and it looked into what's called the need for affect with an A, not affect with an E. And basically what it is, is the more the need for affect, like the more you need it to affect you, the more the emotional reaction to the movie. And people who tend to avoid their feelings, looking at you, blue hair. (laughs) (laughs) Me. (laughs) Uh, Or avoid, I should say, strong emotions. Mm. Also avoid affect. So someone who is really like myself, who gets emotional at like fucking Folgers coffee commercials, can be really (laughs) affected by what's on the screen. Whereas someone who's a little bit more, I don't want to, I want to say mature in their their emotions like Tara, (laughs) can watch a horror movie and it not affect them emotionally. True. I don't know if that means she's more developed than me or what, but it might. Desensitized? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Potato, potato. One of the things I think is really interesting is that there's a ton of research out there about why people like horror movies. Like actual fucking scientists, like psychologists and scientists are like, why do we need to be scared? And it's fantastic. Also, part of that, there's part of us. Sometimes it's very, very tiny and sometimes it's very, very big. And it's a sensation seeking part. So that part of us is like the people who will do like roller coasters and bungee jumping and skydiving. I will do one of those things. (laughs) I don't know. Like if on a scale of like a pea to a watermelon, I'm probably like a grapefruit when it comes to it. Like the one part I hate about roller coasters is the drop. Oh, yeah. I love going fast. I love going upside down. But like you give me a sudden drop. I'm like, "Mm, I don't like it. (laughs) Yeah, that's why you hate Splash Mountain. (laughs) Sincerely, like I don't care. Like Tara knows me. I will ride Thunder Mountain, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad like 25 times. I will ride Space Mountain until my mascara is running so bad. Like, (laughs) you know, one of those like I can't even think of the artist, but I'll come back to you later. You know, like, I just look completely wrecked. And she's like, do you want to go on Splash Mountain? And I'm like, "Mm, fuck you and your life. I'm walking away. (laughs) I'm not doing that. That is a 50-foot fucking drop. Uh. Leave me alone. (laughs) Literally on my bachelorette party, people were like, okay, we saved it for the end. Splash Mountain. I'm like, you all can go. I'm going to use my extra fast pass to ride Thunder Mountain again. And everyone's like, we can't leave you. I'm like, no, go ride it. I don't care. I'm totally fine not getting wet at the end of my day. Yeah, that's not my most favorite ride. And if you've never ridden it, you actually get more wet when you're just chugging along in the log before you do the drop. It's like these little drops that just all the water comes crashing in on you and it's it's cold. (laughs) Well, that and it's like your boat sloshes. Yeah. Like, here's the thing. Like, if Tara's daughter looked at me and was like, please, can we go on this? I would be like, yeah. And I would be like, so I'm not going to scream. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to do it. But at the same time, I'm like, "Mm mm-mm. But anyway, so this sensation seeking, this is something that starts with us when we're really young. We seek it out for, like, you think about kids. Like, think about toddlers. Toddlers climb things fearlessly. Like, fear is taught. Mm Mm-hmm. For sure. Like, if you put a baby and never taught it fear, it would walk through the world like nothing could hurt it. 
True. But like the second, like you, like, you know, you tell the, the baby the fire is hot, like, the, no, don't touch the stove. It's hot. They're like, okay, why should I be afraid of it? Or, oh, don't climb up there. You could get hurt. Like fear is a very taut emotion. But for some of us, like my niece and nephew were like, let's just jump off the couch and see where we land. Oh, it's cool. That's not a broken anything. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so basically how the sensation of thrill or excitement affects us correlates to how our affection for it grows. So if we have a positive reaction early on, like, you know, when you see the videos online of like a dad who throws the baby up in the air and then it falls on the bed and it just giggles and they're so happy. That's a reinforced like this is okay. And then it's one of the things is like I always laugh at parents who are like, I don't know why my kid is so like so crazy. We only used to swing him around by like, you know, a piece of yarn and throw him up in the air on concrete like on a sidewalk like no (laughs) reason my kid wants to jump out of a plane at 16 like you created that in 2007 researchers showed around 80 students so like high school age just a scary scene from a horror movie and most of them were scared but most of them didn't like look at it like this like most of them were scared because they would just see the clip of it right like just that little bit of a horror clip and they would be like okay this is scary But then again, showed it to them again, and they put the actor's pictures up. When they did that, they were like, oh, that's not real. And it was okay. And they could, some people can't undo that. And so being scared is fun for some of us. I think Tara is one of those people. Yes. (laughs) And fear is a primal trigger. A research done by Nabo Masataka is that he tested children that ranged in ages and as young as three years old, children could more easily recognize a snake on like an image of a snake on a computer screen than they could recognize the image of a flower on a computer screen because kids are taught that snakes are scary. It's crazy. And being afraid releases dopamine, which is what makes us have that fight or flight or now we understand is freeze. I think the lack of dopamine is the freeze. So, for instance, like, if we know that we're safe, the dopamine turns it into, like, a euphoric feeling. So, for me, when I get to the bottom, like, think about, okay, this is what I like to think about. Think about a Disneyland or California Adventure or whatever theme park that you love the most. Think about that one road coaster. For me, it's the um, Incredicoaster now. And when people start off, they're so scared and they're so nervous and their eyes are wide. But when you get them back to the end and it stops and it jerks forward and you settle... People start laughing because it's the stopping. It's the realizing you're safe. Like if you ride, if you ever ride a roller coaster with me, Tara can attest to this. I start fucking giggling. (laughs) People think I'm screaming, but I'm giggling. Yeah. Like a crazy person. (laughs) I'm pretty sure the first time Tara went on a roller coaster with me, she was like, what the fuck is wrong with this girl? (laughs) No, she's just cackling like a fucking witch over there because it's the funniest thing. I'm elated. I'm so excited. (laughs) It's because at some point in that moment that my brain switched, this is not like you, you don't have to be afraid. You're safe. And therefore my body turns it into happiness. Now, if you ever ask me to ride the Kong at Discovery Kingdom, I'm going to tell you, fuck no, that shit gets stuck a lot. And most people get stuck upside down. Oh, no, thank you. <laughs> so I'm like, uh-uh, no, thank you. There's thrill-seeking and then there's just plain stupid. <laughs> True. So it turns into that euphoric. So that smiling and the laughter, it's like knowing that you're safe. Like it's the terra firma, the firma, the better. 
What movie is that from? I've had that in my head all day. I don't know. People tell me what it is. I've been trying to think in my in my brain for a long time or all day. It's like a joke where this person's like, I have terra firma and then like stomps their foot and goes, the firma the better. Yeah, yeah, I have no clue. <laughs> and also what helps that endorphins turn into that euphoric feeling with, when you're watching a scary movie is that at the end of it, you've lived through it. So there's a sense of accomplishment that you can survive whatever was on the fucking screen. Interesting. Interesting. So what kind of makes up horror as it's as a genre or itself? And psychologist Dr. Glenn D. Waters broke it down into three primal factors that make why horror movies are so alluring to us. The first is tension, which is like mystery and gore and suspense and terror or shock. Just think about your favorite scary movie and think about what leads up to either the attack or leads up to something happening in it. There's always this like suspenseful time. The other part of it is relevance. Relevance is a little deep because of the fact that its relevance is broken down into several different like subcategories. The first one is universal fear, which is like death and the unknown. Every culture has some sort of lore about death, about the unknown, something about an afterlife, but it's always a puzzle. Like even Christians don't exactly know how heaven works. It's a thing where people have told us like, oh, this is what I saw. And yeah, a lot of it matches up with the other stories. But there's a thought that because these stories are out there, do they just have the same experience? Because that's what their brain is taught. Because that also goes into like the whole dream aspect. And like, we don't know why we dream, but there's like a a bunch of connections. Like you absorb data and then your dreams are just like repurposing that data into some sort of story for you. So universal, there's the fear of death and the unknown. And then there's cultural, so society issues. So you take each society and break it down. You know, someone who lives in the United States is not going to have the same fears as someone who lives in Australia. One, because Australia has fucking crazy snakes and spiders that kill you very quickly. Oh my God, yeah. (laughs) Right? So there's different fears based on where you live, based on your culture. That can even be like religious aspects, like having a deep moment. Tara's mentioned before, my family is religious. I have a religious and spiritual background. And my dad, when he got older, when he would talk to us, he would say like he was really afraid of going to hell. Like that was a fear of his. And that's a part of his culture because he was a Christian. And then that also culture can be broken down into another group, which is like a subgroup. So think about like if you want to look at genres of movies, there's like slasher movies and, you know, paranormally ones and creepy other ones. But think about it like who's watching it? Is it geared towards like a teenager, a college student, a parent? Those are subgroups. So any group that like someone would belong to for one reason or another. Like being a Christian is also being part of a subgroup or being a Wiccan. Ethnicity is a subgroup as well. So subgroup kind of fits in all of these. But then there's also with relevance is the personal identification of what what's happening on the screen ha- has some sort of relevance in your life. Meaning that if you're watching a car accident and you've recently been in a car accident, you can identify with that. Or if you've lost a family member and somebody in a family dies, you can relate. So that's what gives it relevance. And then the other part of horror movies or the the horror genre that we understand is that it's unrealism, meaning that we know it's fake. When I watch Halloween H2O, which is like my favorite movie, patrons know, I understand what I'm watching is not real. Michael Myers is not real. He is not coming back from the dead. He is not walking faster than anyone could ever run in the world. And 
It's understanding that it's fake is what makes it enjoyable. There was a study done by Hadit, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, person, McClaw and Rosen, and they did a they did a research project on the topic of disgust. So what they did is they took a group of college students and they showed them three clips. Now, the three clips are really gross and disgusting. And if you want to know about them, they are on the sources page. There's like one of the sources. It's like the psychology today or something like that. It'll break it down what it is, what those clips are. I don't want to talk about them. They scarred me. Mm. I hope I don't dream about them. But anyway, 90% of the the individuals, because they could, the college students could stop it at any time. They could say, I don't want to see any more of this clip and they could stop it. About 90% of the students couldn't finish the clip, which that's a big number. Yeah. And then even of those who could finish and even those who couldn't finish, they asked them the question, would you see this movie or would you see that movie? And these movies had things that were far worse in them than what these clips were. And these students, they're like, would you pay to go see this in theater? And the students were like, yeah, I'd go see it. And it's because it's fake. We have an unspoken contract with horror movies or the horror genre that we know what we're watching is manipulated to make us be afraid and isn't real. There's a reason why the Netflix documentary Don't Fuck With Cats is hard for people to watch because it's real. Yeah. It's like I'm a huge Criminal Minds fan and there's like these episodes where they talk about people hosting these like erotic sites that are like, you know, supposed to be like snuffy films or like those type of things, but they're not supposed to be real. And then like the investigators are like, hey, this is real. This person really was tortured and killed on your website and people like throw up because there's one thing where like people will become excited at the thought of it being fake, but the thought that it's like real actually disgusts us. So with that, this is where like my theory comes into play kind of, which is that films allow us to have a safe space to practice skills that we wouldn't have in life. Meaning that if you're afraid of the dark, you could watch that. Like there's that movie where like the guy turns out the lights and they have to like try to find their way out and kills them all, you know. But like if you're afraid of the dark, you could watch that. If you're afraid of the boogeyman, like you can watch a lot of different movies. I'm pretty sure there's one called The Boogeyman. And this is also why they make kid shows and like every other show in the world have Halloween type episodes where they deal with fear and the unknown because they want us to be able to like process it. Mm-hmm. Think about like some of my, like my one of my favorite movies is Halloween Town. I watched that as like growing up that had to do with ghosts and goblins and ghouls and a bad wizard named Calabar and you had to deal with that. And then, you know, like looking at the Simpsons Treehouse of Horrors, like that was a whole other genre that people could face their fears and talk about it. Granted, those are hilarious mostly. (laughs) Um, But like if you think of your favorite show just in your head, you can think like, oh, there's a Halloween movie that's around that. Oh, yeah. An episode. So basically we're being conditioned to understand what's fake, but also our senses kick in and they definitely play a role in why we like horror movies or get afraid. For instance, sound is tricky. So there's all these different instruments that make these sounds that like scare the shit out of us. Like you hear like a trumpet that's blown into too hard or they blast a stereo, something like that. It creeps us out. And some of these sounds actually mimic it's a primal trigger because they've found that when people like really have to think about why it freaks them out they end up coming up with it sounds like an animal being tortured like if they really stop and they go okay why do i hate this so there's this like primal trigger that like freaks us out if you heard a goat belting out in pain or a sheep or something you'd freak out because it's not a pleasant sound so we don't recognize it subconsciously but it freaks us out 
on a, like a subconscious level. And then even the way horror movies are shot, they're shot to put us off. They're not shot like sitcoms. Sitcom, you know, it's not shot head on with like multiple cameras and being like, this is fantastic. One of the ways they shoot to make you feel more vulnerable is a, like a low angle. Think the hallway scene in The Shining with the two girl, the twins at the end. It's shot so that you're in the perspective of the little boy looking up at the little girl. Or think of any kid's movie where the little kid comes in contact with a bad guy. It's always shot looking up at the bad guy because it wants to make you feel vulnerable or scared. Also, another way horror movies do it is they will zoom in like on an eyeball. Like think about like a movie that the eyeball is what you see or something really close to the face. It's unsettling because we don't have a big picture. We don't have control over what we're seeing. We're not we're not able to take in our surroundings. Like that's the first thing they teach you when you're afraid is to assess your surroundings. Look around. And if all you see is just like a fucking eye or a mouth or a hand, you're like, shit. What's happening? (laughs) Also, one of the things that really does is sometimes filmmakers do something where they lure you into a false sense of security. You see like the guy turns around with the lantern in the dark hallway and there's nothing there. And then he like holds the lantern closer to his head and then suddenly the demon pops out from behind him. It's like a jump shot and it's meant to create this like false sense of security in us that the character is safe. That's why when it suddenly happens, like we're like, shit. And like we mentioned earlier, fear is not universal. According to a study done by Deirdre D. Johnson that took 220 high school students, they watched these slasher movies, something like Halloween or Freddy Krueger or Chucky, something slashery. And when they surveyed them, they basically could break down their responses into four different categories. And the four different categories actually spoke a lot about the viewer. So the first one is kind of the worst category you could be in, which is called gore watching. And this person has low empathy, has a high sensation seeking, and identifies with the killer. This is a lot of times found in like juvenile males. So it's it's not good no <laughs> to watch a Halloween movie and identify with Michael Myers like you shouldn't <laughs> Yeah. And so that was the first one. The second one is the thrill watching, which is a high empath person who has high empathy, meaning they're feeling what the person on the screen is feeling, the victim. And they identify with the victim and they have a high sensation seeking. The next one is the independent watching. And this person has high empathy for the victim, but they'll look at it as like a positive outlook of overcoming a fear. So like for me, when I watched the movie The Grudge, I got freaked out by this because someone I knew played a prank on me while I watched this. This was not Tara. (laughs) And I was terrified of that movie until one of my friends, probably Tara, made me watch it again. (laughs) And I watched it with the thought of like, I'm going to overcome my fear of this movie because someone basically we were at my friend's house or we're at this guy who I worked for his house. And it was like a bunch of us the interns were watching this movie and he snuck out of his house and went out into the dark and then waited for the right moment and then hit the window and I almost peed my pants. And also like the movie, the Saw movies for me, I was always afraid of like getting hurt. And if you've watched any of the Saw movies, you're like, oh shit, that, um, that'll do it for you. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> like, you get over that shit quite fast. <laughs> mm. Then there's the problem watching, which is high empathy for the victim and a negative outlook on overcoming the fear. So for me, and it, like, gives you a sense of hopelessness. So this is, like, for me watching paranormal activities. To this day, I've only watched the movie once. I've watched zero of the sequels. I refuse to watch them. Tara knows that all fucks with demons. And the reason is, is like shit like that happens like in real life for people. And it's something that I can't watch. So if I were to watch that, I would be like problem watching, being like, no, it's not going to end well. Uh, You can be any of these things anytime. So it's not like you're this one thing forever. You know, you could watch a movie where you're like, yeah, that killer, I totally understand why she went fucking crazy. And you can understand that. (laughs) So you can move in and out of these categories. That's going to transition us into the disposition alignment theory. And basically what this is, is that we are okay with gore slash murder because it's happening to people who deserve it. And you're, you guys are like, no, Jessica, but think about it. When we watch movies like in Scream and the slutty friend gets killed, we're like, oh, they deserve to die. Or the rebellious kid who throws a rock at the dog or hurts an animal. We're like, fuck that guy. He fucked with an animal. He should die. I've heard this a lot. (laughs) Basically, we're okay if the murderer kills someone who commits a sin of morality. And we're okay with the sin of nature canceling out a sin of morality. If you think about it, when we go back to like the town that dreaded sundown, the story behind that is you didn't want to go out to a lover's lane because if you went out to a lover's lane, you would have sex. And if you had sex, then this guy could come up and kill you because there's no logical reason that a guy with a hook hand should come up and kill you. But it's because you had sex. It's just like in every horror movie. So I have the rules from the Scream movie. (gasps) Yay. And then I also have the rules from like that other people have put together. So if you watch the movie Scream, you know that one of the characters gets up and makes this big fucking speech about like how to survive a horror movie because he realizes that they're in a goddamn horror movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. So the first one is don't have sex. This website that I have on here for you guys, it's like how accurate on here. And they've gone through and they've watched a ton of horror movies and they tell you, nope, this happened, this, you know. So basically, if you have sex, you die or you come very close to dying. The other one is don't do drugs or drink. The second you start partying. Shit happens. Yeah. Yep. Never say, I'll be right back. (laughs) Sequels are always bigger and bloodier which is kind of true. Yeah. Sequels, (laughs) sequel killers are basically superhuman. I mean, yes and no. And anyone can die in the sequel. That is those rules. Now I have another website that has, it's called the ways to survive a horror movie. And it has some of the same ones, but some different ones. Cause that was only like four or five. This one is like 10. Don't ever investigate or say you'll be right back. That's the other thing. It's like, don't be fucking Scooby-Doo. Don't be like, fucking Velma and be like, I'm going to go look at this room and see if there's a ghosty. Right? All by myself. See ya. <laughs> right? I'm going to go. I heard that. Let's split up. <laughs> this is the one thing I n- have never understood in horror movies. Like, Tara knows where I grew up. Like, my house, like, if it was nighttime and you turn off all the lights, you still couldn't see outside. Yeah. It's dark. There's no light. Yeah. So it's scary as fuck. <laughs> so I never understood when people would, like, hear a noise, why they would go and investigate the noise. Oh, yeah. I'd be no. like, fuck, I'm out. I want to go hide from that noise. You should never turn around because it's always behind you. Just keep going. It doesn't seem to attack you until you turn around, though it's been there for like 45 seconds. <laughs> True. Never watch a horror movie when you're in one. 
So like Poltergeist or The Ring, things like that. And I mean, in Scream 4, literally the two main girls are watching one of the stab movies and then they get killed. <laughs> this is true. Make sure your car is in, always, is in perfect working order. Because I don't know how many times I've watched a fucking horror movie and they're like, my, my car hasn't been starting lately. But I drove it here over three hours away into the rural countryside where I don't know if I can get away. And if you're on that hybrid shit, make sure that shit is charged. Don't ever split up, because we know. Yes. This is the one we scream all the time. When it's haunted, just move out. Oh my god, yes. (laughs) Get the fuck out. (laughs) Wear comfortable shoes. Avoid all proms and high school parties. (laughs) Always assume your attacker is still alive. Yes, because that's when that last minute, let me get you thing happens. Because they think they're dead and they're like, ah, everything's fine. And then he's like, ka. It's like you barely stab them in the thigh, but the dude is dead <laughs> and bleeding out. And you're like, it's not like you can get up because it's only going to take him 20 minutes to bleed out. Good. Um, <laughs> and then the next one is keep your pants on, which is don't have sex. But also physically keep your pants on because if you have to run away from, you know, a bad guy, it probably helps to have pants on. True. Okay. So now we're at the part where we're going to get into a little bit of heavy stuff. Strap in. We're going to talk about societal fears. Movies reflect what's going on in the world and the world around us. So if you look at the 1950s, there was the whole nuclear war threat. So a lot of the horror movies were about mutant creatures. Nuclear, mutant creatures, uncertain times. Yeah. Early zombie movies in like the 1960s, so like Dawn of the Dead, those type of movies, are basically a reflection of how certain parts of society felt about Vietnam and how a lot of Americans were just like wandering aimlessly without questioning what was going on. And that's kind of what it was for and talking about. And they're just following the one zombie that thinks they heard something at the mall and they're all just going there. In the 1970s, we're introduced to Nightmare on Elm Street and Halloween. And that has a lot to do with mistrusting authority because of like the Nixon and the Watergate and all that shit. So those are kind of a direct reflection of what's going on. In the late 70s to the late 90s is a lot of like teen rebellion movies. You know, you look at the Scream franchise, it is all about kids going to parties, getting drunk, drinking, doing things they're not quote unquote not supposed to. And then a killer comes and gets them. Yeah. And that was kind of what was happening in the world. Like this is when people were coming after drugs hardcore. People were like they were cracking down on drug laws so hard that like even if you had like the tiniest amount of pot, you were going to serve some mucho time because they were trying to rid us of, you know, it's the whole your brain and then your brain on drugs like that stuff and realizing that that's what was you know, going on. And then when you get into the early 2000s, a lot of remakes start happening, which means like we're kind of reflecting back onto like where we've come from, what mistakes we've made, wanting to change that. Also, this is where the pandemic fear really starts because some people are going to be like, yes, we're in a pandemic right now. But in 2001, we had an anthrax scare. And anthrax kills people like a shit ton, like a little amount of anthrax can kill a whole lot of people. So this kind of started that that fear. Zombie movies started popping up again, but the zombies are different. It's like think World War Z, not like Night of the Living Dead, but think like World War Z where zombies are like functioning and thinking and being able to like attack. Yeah, super speeds. Mm -hmm. That's what we're afraid of. I mean, look at Bird Box. Like, that movie was a fucking mind trip. Mm. 
Oh, God. Right? <laughs> and then you have World War Z. And then, like, think about the movie Contagion. I know that a lot of people don't think that that's a horror movie, but that movie's a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Because, honest to God, like, that's how shit's happening. And that's what's happening now. Yeah. We're looking at a pandemic and... This is a societal fear of ours because what does life really look like during this time? So it depends on where you live because also you have to look at it. Movies in, say, Germany or movies, say, in India are not going to have the same societal fears that we have because they have a whole different set of problems than we do. So, I mean, I don't want to get controversial, but just look back over the last few years. Some of the biggest hitting movies have to do with hard hitting topics and they're horror movies. So... I think that it's a good way for people to deal with shit that they don't know how to deal with. You know, vocalize shit that they don't know how to vocalize. Okay, so we're going to hop off that soapbox before I go too far down it. The other thing that I thought was interesting is societal views on gender horror movies. Typically, like, if you just look at horror movies, like, women are seen as weak. Like, Laurie Strode is, like, the weak little sister, and then suddenly she musters the strength and fights back. You know, Sydney, I can't remember her last name now, but, like, Sydney from Scream, you know, she's this girl who lost her mom, and we're okay that her mom died because her mom was a floozy. Like, let's be real here. That's another one of those. You know, and she's like, no! You know, and then suddenly musters the strength from within. So we like to see women be very like in our horror movies we like to see women be vulnerable but then also overcome that vulnerability now viewing movies is interesting because they did in 1994 they did this study and they took these teenagers slash college students and put them in a movie where it was like a boy and a girl watching and i mind you this study was done in 1994 so this is based on gender and gender types at that time so I didn't do it. Get mad at them. (laughs) That's all I have to say about that. Um, But what they would do is, like, the males who participated enjoyed the movie more when their female counterparts were scared. Think about it. Like, the stereotype is like, oh, I can protect you, and I put my arm around you, and I, like, you know, machismo. Yeah. And it was the opposite for females. So if a female watched a movie with a male and the male was vulnerable and scared, she didn't like the movie as much. Hmm. But if the man, if the male was like, I've got you, she enjoyed the movie more. Interesting. Yeah, that made me think. And I was like, wow, that's a really interesting study. Like, I wouldn't have thought of that. But in my opinion, that's a stereotype that we've placed on something and people are acting because they were told to act that way. He's supposed to put his arm around you while you bury your chest into his shoulder and cry. And he say like, I've got you. I'll protect you. And that's so like 1950s thinking. Yeah, it really is. I think today, like a lot of my friends who are girls like scary movies more than my guy friends. My friend Eric, who I love so much, he got me into B-horror movies with making me watch the stupid movie We call it male violence. It's malevolence, but (laughs) male violence. (laughs) You know, so there's so many different genres of scary movies. And I mean, I shared on the Patreon episode, the reason I like Halloween H2O is my favorite is because I'm not scared of that movie. So it's my favorite horror movie because I don't have to be scared of it. (laughs) Now, I think I've watched like Nightmare on Elm Street once. And I don't know if I ever want to watch it again. Yeah. Because I have... Tara knows this. I have very vivid dreams. I often tell her, like, I had this dream last night. And then she's like, was that a dream or a movie? (laughs) Like, it's the same in my head. Yeah. I think after this, it's like I have a good picture of why people like to be scared. It's primal. And my theory is basically this. 
I think that horror movies play such an integral role in us being able to grow up because when you're about, if you think about it, about 11 years old has been like things start happening, things start changing and your mind thinks differently. And if we had to deal with everything that we had to deal with in life, I mean, think about like in the 1800s, like you had to deal with like the thought of dying of cholera. Imagine how easy that would have been to watch a video clip of someone dying of cholera and being able to process, like, am I afraid of that or not? I mean, a lot of people talk about that, like, I'm afraid of death, and then I watched a horror movie, and now I'm not afraid of death because I've seen it. Yeah. I mean, I think that they play a very significant role in the way that we function as humans, especially in this era where literally you can... Tara just has a subscription, what is it, to Shudder? Mm-hmm. Which now you can have horror movies in your pocket. Yeah. Whenever you want. It's the Netflix of horror. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like you can just turn it on and watch a horror movie and be entertained. And I often heard like growing up when people would be like, oh, they like horror movies. They're sick. I don't think people, like if you're watching it and you're rooting for Mike Myers, I think you need some help. Yeah. Saying that as a friend, you're rooting <laughs> for the bad guy. You might need to seek clinical help. Yeah. But it allows you to have a safe space to work shit out that you can't work out because let's face it, you know, a six foot five man isn't attacking you with a knife every day. I think that what we do sometimes, like my dreams are insane. So I like to be able to process it in a fun way. And sometimes that's watching Hocus Pocus and seeing the silly side of horror, you know, like comedy horror is a huge thing now. Oh, yeah. The scary movies cracked that shit wide open. Mm-hmm. And I, I love them. They're so funny. Anyway, this wraps up my weird episode for you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. I know there was a lot of like weird, different stuff in it than normal, but I just felt with Halloween just around the corner, I wanted to do something extra special for y'all. So (laughs) here is my stabby about why we like to be freaked out by horror movies. (laughs) And on any of the socials, let us know what why you like horror movies. Yes. Yeah, like let us know and let us know what your favorite horror movie is. Mm-hmm. So that concludes this episode of Stabby Snippets, and we will see you back here on Monday. If you're a patron, hang out on Saturday. You're getting your All Tears episode, and you're going to be very excited about it, and you're going to understand the hair clip reference. Yes. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>